is the Rebel Author Podcast, where we talk about books, business, and occasionally bad words. Hello, Rebels, and welcome to episode 208 of the Rebel Author Podcast. Today, I have not one guest, but two. I'm joined by A.K. Mulford and their friend, Anne Kemp, and they run a business together teaching writers how to use TikTok. Uh, But first, to last week's question which was, what fictional world would you most like to visit and why? Heather Button said, "Mm, I think whatever fictional world I'd inhabit would be very dangerous and I probably wouldn't survive as myself. (laughs) Yeah, I can uh, can understand that. I think a lot of fictional worlds, if you read fantasy, are not particularly safe places. So this week's question is more a a philosophical question. Uh, Do you believe in the idea of a muse or do you think writing is purely a discipline? The book recommendation of the week this week is actually a Netflix recommendation because I have not been doing very much reading. Uh, Last week I had a very tight editorial deadline that I needed to hit and so I have not read pretty much for a week. So the recommendation is Kaleidoscope on Netflix. Now I haven't watched this but I have just been recommended it and I am going to be binge watching this evening. And what I have found out is very exciting. So this series I think is nine or ten episodes. It's a heist and uh, nobody watches the episodes in the same order. So everybody watches episode one Uh, which is the same episode and the last episode is the same episode and then depending on your account uh, all of the episodes are in a different order and they're all uh, labelled by colour so you might have a violet episode a blue episode a red one and they're all in different orders which is wild to me and I know this for a fact because I checked I called friends and checked Uh, so yeah this is crazy like I'm really excited to see what this is and it also has the actor I forget his name now from The Diplomat which I think I recommended recently uh, because Jeff Elkins recommended that to me and it was fantastic so much so I watched it twice and I never re-watch anything okay so go and watch that for your book recommendation this week In personal news and update then, I did hit the deadline. I have handed my book to my editor. This week they read it and then like if there's any kind of structural or story changes, I will make those this weekend and then I will hand it back on Monday and I will get it back Friday next week. So we are on the 14th. I will have the book back by the 22nd um, and at that point it will be ready for uh, like proofing and beta readers basically not beta readers uh, advanced readers however you may be able to tell (laughs) by my throat and my voice that I am bone tired here's the thing I really need to embrace the bust part of my boom and bust cycles. I clearly work at breakneck throttle pace to get through a book. That is just how I write best. (sighs) I hate admitting stuff. (sighs) But, But when you boom and bust and you cycle... Or even, let's let's do it with a better analogy, one that I prefer. <laughs> when you're a race car, <laughs> race cars still have pit stops. 
Apparently, I'm not very good at the pit stop aspect of being a race car. So what I am doing, and I'm saying it here, so I'm confessing, is um, I have just started to plan next year's work uh, and my production schedule for next year. And I am going to be including a couple of days off, regardless of what day they are, uh, you know, whether it's a weekend or not. I'm going to put two days off after I uh, finish the manuscript and send it to uh, like my beta reader or, or my editor or whatever, because um, I am really tired. And I went from uh, finishing the edit on this book on Sunday to racing down to London. I spent the day in London, had a couple too many wines, all right. <laughs> and uh, came back and then had basically a day to turn around and create a masterclass, uh, which I did. And then I had to deliver the masterclass the following evening. But it's meant like two late nights the day before. So on that kind of intermittent day when I was creating the class, we then had to run around taking our kid to look at um, school open evenings. And it was just like a really long, you don't need my life story. It was a really long three days that were extremely busy and high pressured after an extremely busy <laughs> high pressured week, which was after four weeks of drafting. I don't think I should do that. It was a logistical scheduling error, okay? Because I'm feeling real tired today. Um, my throat hurts, I feel like I'm getting sick. And I just think it's because I didn't build in the rest. So I am going to do not an awful fucking lot. <laughs> for the next four days. I'm taking, I've got an interview today. Um, I was supposed to go to London tonight for a, a friend's do and I have pulled out because I'm pretty sure I'm gonna end up in my sick bed if I don't stop. Um, and I feel terrible about that, but um, I don't feel well this morning and I don't wanna get any sicker or give that to anybody else either. So I'm going to rest, I'm saying it, you can hold me to it. I'm going to rest today and tomorrow and the weekend and then I'll come back fighting next week. Oh, I'm not gonna rest the weekend, am I? I'm gonna do edits. <laughs> I'm so bad at rest. I really need to be better. I'm trying, leave me alone, I'm trying. Okay. So essentially I finished the book. The book is going to launch earlier than planned. Its current pre-order date is uh, January. It's going to be launched this year. And I will next week, once I have turned my brain on and I have plotted out all of my launch activities and things, I will give more detail. But this is the third book in the trilogy, A, Deceit of, A Game of Deceit and Desire. I have got all of the eBooks finalized for the next series, which is also a trilogy. And I'm just in the process of doing the uh, hardback and the case laminate and oh my God, they are so, so pretty. I am so excited for the next series. I can't even begin to tell you. I um, Maybe that's what I'll do this afternoon. I'll have a look in some coffee. No, no, I'm gonna not work. I'm not working. I'm not working. I'm not working. Anything. The problem is everything I love is work. <laughs> anyway, okay, right. I'm going to move on. I don't really have a massive update. I finished the book. Yay! It's gone to the editor. Yay! <laughs> I'm just going to move on. Okay. Uh, the Rebel of the Week this week is Anonymous. Anonymous says, 
After my mum died, I brought my sisters out and spent £50,000 gutting the house uh, and, in, and completely renovating it. So this is gutting um, their mum's house. When it was put up for rent, there was a huge amount of interest. Not surprising, as it was basically a brand new home for a family to move straight into. Checking through the applicants one day, I spotted a name I recognised. Oh, my best friend's ex. He cheated on her, oh shit, and ran up a huge amount of credit in her name that she was left to struggle with for years. Basically, he was a complete twat. I'm a big believer in karma and his time has come. I'll let him view the property. <laughs> I'll let him view the property, get invested and excited. And at some point, I'll share the bad news. <laughs> His checks have come back and they say dickhead. <laughs> Karma's a bitch. Oh my God, I love it. I love that this is a seriously vengeful story. Oh, Karma is a bitch though. Oh my goodness me, I love it. If you would like to be a rebel of the week, please do send in your story. It can be any kind of rebellion, something big, something small, or something in between. You can email your rebel story to Becca over on rebelauthorpodcast at gmail.com. Please, please, please do send them in. Uh, we we have had a couple. We, we don't have huge amounts though. So please do send in your stories. No new patrons this week, but a huge thank you to all of my existing patrons. You guys really do help to keep the show running and you also help to make me feel like what I do is worthwhile. If you would like to get early access to all of the episodes as well as bonus content from as little as $2 a month, you can by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. This episode is sponsored by Kobo Writing Life, so I'm just going to read a little bit about them and then we'll get on with the episode. This episode is sponsored by Kobo Writing Life, Kobo's free, fast and easy self-publishing platform. KWL was built by authors for authors and their team of dedicated book lovers is always working hard to help you reach new readers around the world. One way to reach a new audience on Kobo is through their subscription reading service, Kobo Plus. This program has been a great success and is now available to readers in Canada, Belgium, the Netherlands, Portugal, France, Italy, Australia and New Zealand. The great thing about Kobo Plus for authors is that it reaches an entirely new audience who may be trying digital reading for the first time. The Kobo Writing Life team know how important it is that authors retain control of their books and as such, exclusivity isn't required. Do you want to try out a book in Kobo Plus Canada but not in the Netherlands? You can do that. Simply select the areas you want to be included in the rights distribution section of your book. If you're choosing to publish widely as an author, Kobo encourage you to make your books as available to as many readers as possible with Kobo Plus. It's a great way to gain and build an audience. Don't want to opt your books in one by one? The KWL team can bulk opt in your books if you email them at writinglife@kobo.com. If you want to learn more about KWL and Kobo Plus, check out the Kobo Writing Life podcast available wherever you get your podcasts and find them on social. Create your free account today at kobo.com forward slash writing life. That's enough from me. Let's get on with the episode. Hello and welcome to the Rebel Author Podcast. I am very excited because today I am joined by not one guest, but two amazing guests. 
First up, we have A.K. Mulford. A.K. is a best-selling fantasy author and former wildlife biologist who swapped rehabilitating monkeys for writing novels. They are inspired to create diverse stories that transport readers to new realms, making them fall in love with fantasy for the first time or all over again. They now live in New Zealand with their husband and two young human primates, creating lovable fantasy characters and making ridiculous TikToks. Anne Kemp is our second guest. Anne is a best-selling author of romantic comedies. She loves reading, and she does it ridiculously fast, too. Oh, I'm going to ask you about that. <laughs> Gluten-free baking, because everyone needs a hobby that makes them crazy, and finding time to binge-watch her favorite shows. She grew up in Maryland, but made Los Angeles her home until she encountered her own real-life meet-cute at a friend's wedding, where she ended up mar married to one of the groomsmen, for real. Anne now lives, lives on the Kapiti Coast in New Zealand. And even though she was married at Mount Doom, no, she doesn't have a hobbit. However, uh, she and her husband do have a terrier named George Clooney. And when she's not writing, she's usually with them to, uh, taking a long walk on the river by their home. Hello and welcome. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having us. No, welcome well. back. Well, welcome back, AK, and welcome, Anne. So, um, and tell what, what, how fast do you read? Um, okay. Don't judge me, <laughs> but on my honeymoon, we were gone for eight days and I made it through 10 books. Okay. While still honeymooning and doing the things, like <laughs> the activities. Yeah. Okay, so this, All this the is the level of the conversation. Okay, okay. Here, oh, no, I'm putting the bar it. here. <laughs> yeah. So, but so, yeah. Do, have you done your strength? Yes. Oh, have oh, yeah. I ever? And actually, Sasha. <gasps> I finally get to talk to you because you were one of the people that when I saw my number three strength, I got, I was so excited because I had three friends, AK, um, Rachel, Heron, and another friend, Moira, who talked me into doing my strengths. And I was so excited to get them back. And like the number one strength achiever made sense. Two is input made sense. Three competition <laughs> made sense it made sense but it also just made me go oh oh my god like how what do I do with this but I love it I've learned to embrace the competition and like now I have competition for myself and I see where it pushes me more and I look back on things in my past I'm like yeah that's it okay but yeah 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 I love my strengths <laughs> I love that so I wondered if you had top five input because that is a fast pace funny enough I read at a similar rate if I'm on holiday um but if I'm not on holiday I struggle just because of like life and stuff but I I also read fairly quickly um but it is very typical I think for high input to read quickly I'm not sure why they either have this capacity to like binge watch or just devour stuff mm. or they can like binge read in the same kind of way um and I see that very frequently with people who high learner high input a mixed mash or, or both of those but what I learned recently is that if you have competition in your top 10 that kind of um what was the word like gives like a, a like a juice boost to anything so like you just kind of <laughs> yeah. you just kind of like uh go to the 10 of everything so the reading will be like 10x because you have competition <laughs> yeah. in your top so yeah that makes yeah. a lot of sense I love it I love it um okay, what was the other thing that I was going to ask uh no I don't know George Clooney what? Did you <laughs> 
oh, he's right here. Oh, <laughs> he's, like, oh. he's like, he's like my little buddy's always with me. Um, I know he's this little silver terrier. He's a mix of a silky and a cairn. And I think I just started to call him George before we got him. I was just like, oh, I'll call him George. We'll call him George. And then when I got him, I was like, George Clooney, this is your name. <laughs> and it has been George it. Clooney. <laughs> I love it. Okay, well, let's dive in. AK, obviously you were on the show once before in, and I checked, August 2022. Can't believe that. That was a whole year no, ago. What a year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, so normally I'll ask people to tell me about their journey. So Anne, why don't you tell me about your journey of kind of how what you got to where you are? And AK, will you talk a little bit about what you've been up to, up to since last August? You want me to go first? Yeah, I don't yeah, mind. You go. Yeah, you go. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, let's see. So my I guess my journey with writing and with social media all kind of began at the same time because I was working with a social media company kind of on the back end. We were creating websites to mimic Facebook, but they were trying to replicate it for other things like back in the mid 2000s when Facebook was up and coming and I was laid off. And when I got laid off, I had the time to finally write the book. I'd always said that I wanted to write because I ended up, um, subletting my apartment. I got into like a little bit of a pickle as far as getting laid off right before Christmas. Um, but luckily I was able to go lick my wounds um, in the islands. And I went down to the Caribbean and I wrote for a while and came back and had one of those ridiculously awesome, like I found my agent, I got published and that was the easiest it was than <laughs> it has been because <laughs> everything else has been like, okay, here we go, let's dig in. Um, but yeah, 2010 or 11, I got my agent published around 12, 2012. And then about a year and a half, two years later, ended up meeting my husband and moving here while I was working on another book. And I put stuff on pause because at the same time that I had launched my first book, the publishers that I was with saw what I was doing on social media and they were pushing me to do more because this was when Twitter, it was before the dumpster fire of Twitter really happened when it got <laughs> too, like too crazy. Um, and I was having a blast on social media and I started picking up clients because they wanted to know how I, why I was doing it a certain way and why I was seeing results. And the side business started to happen that I was doing social media for people and kind of doing it strategically and not even realizing I was doing it, just kind of implementing things that I was doing. So at the same time, as I was moving over to New Zealand, I brought the business with me that I'd actually started in the living room of my apartment in Los Angeles. And we grew it to a really, like it was an award-winning company until we decided to kind of close the doors on it earlier this year because it had such a good run. Um, but during lockdown, COVID and everything going on, that was when I fell back into writing again fully because I had the time then I'd always... It was kind of ironic for me at the time that we got locked down in New Zealand. It was actually the time I marked up on my calendar and said, I'm taking eight weeks off here because I've not done it since I moved to New Zealand. I'm just going to take them off for myself. And I was stuck in my house for two months and going, oh, OK, now I can really kind of have a conversation with myself. And I wanted to come back into writing, but mostly with social media, I wanted to come back and work with authors again, because that's what I'd started to do. And I realized I 
kind of gone on this like track where I gone way over here. It's like, I really want to come back here because it's like, I've learned all these things and now I really want to teach that here with folks. And it's just kind of gone hand in hand um, for the last three years. Like, yeah, three years now. So. So do you write as quickly as you read? Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Use more words. <laughs> um, yes, you know, I set a goal because when stuff started, when I, the universe answered, I put my mind to things, went, this is what I want to do. And my agent called me one day and went, you've got an opportunity for some contracts. And at the same time, I decided I wanted to indie write. And I had one of those years in 2022 where I wrote six books, but I didn't do it in a very timely, smart fashion. I didn't go, I'm going to gap this and do this. No, I had to write indie first person rom-com, first, P first in POV, dual POV, and do a third person cozy mystery because I'd never done one before. <laughs> um, at the same time. And then doing that with like sweet contemporary romance, third person, and like luckily having editors on both ends that got the humor, the fact that they knew I was doing two different things. So I was like, I don't know, like, like what, what I'm doing half the time, but making it over the line with it and just kind of knowing that I could do it now. I'm, I'm fine with that never happening again. I am <laughs> in a situation right now though, where I have two books that I'm writing right now for the last time ever, both do at the same time. And one's in first person, the other's in third person completely. One's a romantic suspense, the other one's a Christmas rom-com. Um, it makes me crazy, but I, I, I think I like it there. <laughs> I guess I keep coming back to it. <laughs> Oh no, I love it. I love I love the uh the, the churn and burn of like competition pushing you to, you know, get all the yes. words, all the deadlines, like all of the craziness. Have to, have to. Absolutely. So AK, what have you been doing in the last year? Have you also been input binging and, and writing yeah. all the words and doing all the things? <laughs> I'm a listener input. Like I, I can't read quickly words on the page, but I can listen to podcasts and audiobooks on three X, you know, and do it all in a day. Um, but yeah, what have I been up to? The last year has been such a whirlwind because last time I talked to you, I was still living in New Zealand. And then in September of last year, we moved to Australia. So we moved actually on the same day that my first two books were relaunching with Harbor Voyager. Oh my God. <laughs> so wow. I was in the airport trying to like make TikToks and <laughs> just frantically trying to promote these books. Um and then I've had two more books come out with them in the last year. So it's, uh, yeah, and now we're gearing up for the start of a new trilogy, which is happening in December. So it's been, yeah, it's definitely been, I like being almost at the point of anxiety. Like that's where I'm productive. <laughs> if I have too much free time, you know, if they're like, oh, just get it to us whenever, you know, I'm like, no, you need to tell me a date or I won't do it. So. <laughs> so I really relate to that because I have recently reduced my freelance down to like an afternoon, a day, kind of a month in terms of the hours. And having gone from like half my time being taken by freelance to like none of my time more or less, well, you know, some of my time, but very little time taken by freelance, it threw me for a loop. And I have been really struggling with that kind of, oh, well, 
where are the deadlines? Like, where's the pressure? Like, who's setting the deadlines? <laughs> oh, it's you, Beth, tonight. <laughs> you know, like, it's been so difficult to... To book the editors under. now you know <laughs> yeah funnily enough I have booked it. but the thing is editors are always uh, what I need is a really fucking ruthless nasty editor who's like no it's you <laughs> that's your deadline I've never edited for you yes because um, I have lovely editors who are very very accommodating and, and super kind and generous with their flexibility and their time and that does not help me in any way yeah or you I don't can know. promise to your newsletter be like i'm gonna give you a sneak peek mm. of the first chapter in november oh yeah. and then you have to have it done <laughs> i love the little wretch yep. oh okay well much as it's lovely to catch up we are here to talk about tiktok and tiktok for the rest of 2023 and looking forward towards 2024. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about the fact that, you know, TikTok has been the rage for the last couple of years, I would say, certainly in, I mean, obviously it's been around for, for a long time, but for the last couple of years, it's been all anybody's talked about in the indie author community and the writing community. But we've also seen Mastodon, we've seen Twitter change to X, we've seen Snapchat, we've seen all of these other social media platforms now with the and I did not follow it so I can't actually I don't actually know what happened but with the challenge that went through America recently with TikTok do we still think that TikTok is relevant like is it here to stay because of course although there's a global audience for a lot of indie authors most of their audience is in America so if TikTok does get banned um what happens like do we still think authors can benefit from TikTok in 2023 slash 2024, especially if they're starting over now? Yeah, mm. definitely. I mean, yes. like if you look at all of the companies who are on TikTok right now, there's, um, you know, whether good or bad, a lot of money invested in keeping TikTok going yeah. uh, for all of those people who are making huge profits off of the platform. So I have a feeling that they will make sure that it sticks around. But, you know, I one of the things Anne and I talk about a lot too, though, is the benefit of moving people off platform from wherever you're building your social following. Uh, because it, you know, your account could be banned, something could happen tomorrow. It's always good to have people knowing like where else they can find you. Um, making TikToks that incentivize them to sign up to your newsletter and things like that. But I definitely think uh, we're still seeing organic reach on TikTok. I think it's different than it was two years ago, definitely. And the type of content that people are consuming has changed too. But I think that um, I'm seeing new authors pop up all of the time on the platform and coming across my FYP and having uh, building audiences. Um, so yeah, I still think it's like a really good place to be if it's the sort of content you're looking at making. When you say the content's changed, what what's the biggest difference you've seen between, you know, early TikTok and now? I think some of it used to be a little bit more like Vine. I don't know if you remember Vine and it used to be more like uh, dance trend based, <laughs> you know, because originally it was musically, right? So it was a music based app where people would lip sync and create dances. Um, and it still is very much that. And you still have lots of accounts who are more based in that. But Vine was like seven second videos mm. um, that were kind of like just really random and chaotic and goofy, which can still work. But now you're seeing like a huge trend towards 
um, kind of more storytelling, like longer format, one minute to three minute videos, people just really like deep diving into certain topics and things, which I think actually is a huge benefit to authors because it opens up a lot more space for more of the kind of deeper in detail thought about things and kind of exploration where it doesn't have to be like five seconds and then you're done, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I, I I see a lot because like the one minute and three minute, I see a lot of like very opinionated TikTok coming through. Yep. Like lots of people having very strong opinions on things and Sometimes I'll listen to them and sometimes I'm a scroll right by. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of have a rule for myself to protect my mental health. That is, if I see anything that has like, quote unquote, rant energy, I immediately scroll. Yeah, Because I, I know I will be able to find that information elsewhere in a more kind of sustainable way that isn't going to impact my mental health. And it's yeah. also my way of training my algorithm not to show me that kind of content so yeah. that it doesn't suck me in and kind of churn me out because I'm a very sensitive person and yeah. I can't yeah. take that sort of content. <laughs> so I've, I've have like my for you page, the kind of main page on my TikTok is like the best. It's lots of funny videos, lots of thigh thirst traps <laughs> and like random animal videos <laughs> I love it I love it yeah, okay it's good let's talk about the basics of TikTok like as an indie author obviously our priority needs to be getting words so how much time do we need to really give TikTok a decent go and for it to actually reap benefit for us like what percentage of our videos should be promotional versus engaging? What are the basics that we need like to do when we set up our accounts? I know that's like three different questions, mm. but like, <laughs> I'm going to just throw them all at you. We got you. We got you. <laughs> I'll let Anne think- go first because you seem keen. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like the, the uh, time question. How much time when you're an indie author and author should you spend on TikTok as much as you can a lot? Because I think so many people think they have to spend a regimented amount of time. I think when you're first getting started, you might have to spend a little bit more time if you're brand new to it, because you want to get on and you want to get used to it. You want to teach TikTok what you want to see. You want to train the algorithm to be showing you certain things. You want to get used to the functionality. Um, But I think you put it into your schedule the way that it suits, like, We want social media to not run us. We're running our social media. So as much time as you can come in to it with. And it will depend on your strategy too. Like if you have a marketing allocation of time, you know, for me, for a long time, 100% of my Mm. marketing time was TikTok and now it's shifted. So I spend less time on TikTok than I used to because I only have so many hours in the day and so many hours that I give towards marketing, including like emails and all of the other social medias and stuff. So I think it's really important to kind of start from a place of how much am I willing to like give this and Mm -hmm. hold yourself to that because it is very addictive and it can kind of pull you into spending more time than you actually have to be able to give it. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Um, So when we set up our account, what are kind of the key things that we need to do? Like, is there anything that you think, um, you know, is like, um, you've got to do this when you set up your account? 
I think the first thing that I would do is looking at what you're at, your handle is, make sure, especially if you're an author, that you have something in there that's bookish. So when mm -hmm. people see you come across their screen, if they're looking quickly at your name, because a lot of times, let's face it, it is a quick three seconds you have, if not two, to make an impression, that if they see, you know, Ann Kemp, they might go, I don't know who... Ann Kemp author, Ann Kemp books is going to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And I think looking at your handle, um, but also ooh, there's something, oh, training, the, like looking at the algorithm because you're showing TikTok what to show you. And so people go on and that's a lot of questions that we will get. And we had them in Australia just a couple of weeks ago with, you know, I go on, I see this. Well, that's because you're looking at that and you're, then you're, following that more and you're staying on it and riveted to this video. So yes, you're going to see, you know, the dance video or, you know, whatever the neighbor down the street or whoever it is that keeps popping up because of location instead go in there and search book talk, search into the genre, search bookish and just start showing TikTok what you want to see. Okay. All right. Yes. I love it. Let's talk about the options and reasons why we either should use our face or shouldn't use our face, because I think that creates kind of two different accounts. It creates two different types of platforms, two different types of marketing strategies. Like what are the benefits or, or, or you know, what's the other word, cons of not doing face? That is the question. Well, first we should say it's a spectrum, right? So like most accounts do both. Like most accounts have kind of aesthetic videos and videos where they're talking or showing their face. But sometimes people can't show their face for various reasons. Like one of the people we were working with recently at a workshop is a teacher who writes very spicy things. And so, you know, can't have an account where she's showing her face. Um, so but if you're going to do a like non-face-based account, if you're going to do an account that's more aesthetic videos, it's more page flips, it's more kind of quotes and like cool transitions and stuff like that, you want to have like a very clear sense of branding. Uh, you want to know mm -hmm. what your tropes are. You want to have like, there needs to be a precision there and the videos need to be more beautiful. Like they need to be very aesthetically pleasing, pleasing to the eye in a way where if you're doing more face-based stuff, like I do almost completely face-based stuff, um, my content can be very like chaotic <laughs> and because I'm endearing people to me as a brand rather than to the genre that I'm writing, um, which gives me a lot more freedom to just post a video of my cat and people will still buy my books from that video of my cat, you know? So it's that kind of difference there. And I think the benefit for the non-face-based videos is that it drives people directly to your book. So it drives them directly to that cover to go click a link to buy the book, which is great for like short term uh, to get people buying, which uh, you know, shouldn't be discounted. But then the more face-based stuff is more, um, that sort of content is more about building community, building a readership, getting people onto places like newsletter, Patreon, more community-based things. Because um, when people are endeared to you in that way, they're going to want to you know, you can pivot genres, you can write something different. They want to read you because they know you and know your face and like you as a person, you know? So there's, those are like the kind of two ends of the spectrum, but you'll find most authors kind of fall in between those two. Do you, if you're using your face, like, do you need to be funny? Like, because obviously a lot of TikTok is entertainment. So like how, you know, I think that's one of the reasons that I often don't 
post because I'm like, oh, I'm not funny right now. Like, oh, I can't do anything funny. Or like, oh, I can't think of a, you know, like a an angle to 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 bend this towards whatever emotion. Like, yeah. I used to work in engagement, which is like visitor engagement and getting people interested in random topics. And we actually had someone come in who was talking, who was like a heating duct specialist, but he was so passionate about heating ducts and I thought I could never care about this in my entire life but he was telling us about this and I was like that's fascinating I never knew that and there's like a history to like how the ducts are made anyway I was just that's like, the number riveted. one input though right <laughs> right yeah <laughs> totally but I think you'll find with just about any topic when somebody who's really interested in something or passionate about something is telling you something uh you're endeared to it in the same way so like some people like a lot of the stuff I make I just make because it makes me laugh like I think it's funny and so I do it because I enjoy it and I think that people can tell there's an authenticity to me enjoying the content I'm making whereas other people will do these accounts where they do um like deep dives into like their favorite historical romance or they will tell people about like the story that inspired their book or it might be, you know, it might be very serious things. It might be snarky things. It might be just kind of like a cool tip or hack that they find interesting. But whatever it is, they're bringing an energy to it that they just really want to tell the person watching. And I think that's the key, not necessarily like being funny or smooth or cool or any of those things. It's about just the level of energy and interest you're bringing. Okay, well, let's talk about some of the types of content that we can create on TikTok and particularly um, as authors, because you guys have a course. So, uh, so, and I have taken this course, I'm very close to the end of it. I haven't quite finished it, but I'm so close. Um, <laughs> so one of the things that really stuck out to me was movement TikTok. So what is a movement TikTok and how could we apply that to bookish things? It's so odd. It's the walk and talk. You're bringing somebody in with you. It's like, we're walking, we're walking, come with me. And there's something about the flow when somebody is walking with a camera. And I don't know if it's just because the scene in the background is moving, but you just get pulled in. Um, yeah, there's yeah, just something with that. Eh? It's like yeah. your friend is FaceTiming you. Yeah. So what, yeah. It's like you are with, together. What can we do mm. with books? whilst we're like how how do we incorporate the books into that so the, the one person that I can think of who does this really well and I never remember her surname but her name is Stacey and she's from your side of the world and yes, she McEwen. Ha- McEwen that's the one yeah and yes. she wrote Stacey's book and, space. yeah yeah that's it and she'll like she'll have the camera really close to her face sort of um like Blair Witch Project style and she'll like <laughs> put the, and then the music will come in and be like and she'll like race race through the room and then she'll like find her husband and I like I am completely addicted to her TikToks I think they're absolutely fucking hilarious but um yeah like how do we how do we apply movement to books because books are an object like how do we apply that as authors It can be something big. It can be something quite small. Like a lot of times I'll start my videos just like sitting down. Like the first second is just me sitting down or I'll be like, hey, and I'll kind of lean into the camera 
in a way where I'm like capturing people's attention, like, hey, pay attention to what I'm about to tell you. So it's just like this little subtle movement to get people to like kind of hooked in. But then you might also have people who do movement throughout their videos. So they might be prepping dinner while they're telling you about their pre-order, or they might be walking around while they're doing something or they're, you know, maybe they're signing books or yeah, doing a get ready with me. People, people love love get ready with me's or cooking videos or things, even if it's just stocking your shelves, like stocking your books on your shelves, because there's a progression, right? So we want to stick around till the end. It's the same reason why TikToks where um, it's a stand-up comedian duetted with like someone slicing sand or like scooping slime or something do really well. And it's because one is a static image of someone talking like on a podcast. And so you're interested in what the person is saying. And the other is doing something aesthetically pleasing to the eye. And between the two of them, it gets you to stick around. So if you can do both of those at the same time in a video, people are more like engaged and ready to stay around. There's lots of like, you know, it's great for ADHD, little squirrel, like, oh, look what's happening here, you know? (laughs) Fucking genius. I love it. Like the psychology (laughs) of of how videos work is very interesting to me. Um, Okay, so what are the types of content, like, can we do as authors? How do we do this thing that is TikTok? How How do we win at TikTok? Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, we should say there is no winning TikTok. I know. Never. I know. I know. You can have days where you feel like you're winning or you can gather your competition pennies that you can achieve, which you can. But it is a kind of gaming based algorithm that's kind of designed on gambling. And so it's designed to make you always feel slightly lacking so that you show up again and give more to it. Right. So and that's really important for people to hear because, you know, so much of what Anne and I are doing is trying to talk to people about mental health and not letting uh, social Mm -hmm. media kind of like consume all of their energy or burn them out. And um, so it's important to know that, like, you know, I think a lot of authors hear the word TikTok and they think I'm going to show up one day. I have a viral video and I'm going to be done and I'm going to get out and that's it, you know, and instead of thinking like I'm slowly cultivating a community of people who are I'm going to carry with me throughout my career, you know, which is not as exciting or as shiny object, but it actually is way more meaningful in the long term. Um, Yeah. Sorry. What were you going to say, Anne? Oh, no, I was thinking like when it comes to posts, like one of my favorites, actually, too, with duets and stitches. I love using them when I'm trying to get across a feeling with my book. Um, by a series ago has firemen in it. And so I got to a point where I was going and like grabbing different firemen and just doing like duets, like putting up my book if they like represented um, one of the characters out of my book. And I had readers that I was meeting on TikTok that started to pick up on like, yes, that's Reed or yes, that's Wyatt. And so then I have readers that will now send me videos into my DM. (laughs) So I don't have to hunt for them anymore. Once a week, I usually can go in and kind of forage in there and find two or three duets if I want to pull them to use them. But that is such, it's a great way because it's also when you were talking about like, if you wake up, you're like, I don't feel funny. Or you might be like, I'm low energy today. You can do a duet, which is just you reacting to somebody or to something. And I'll do a duet to a life hack, like Allie was talking about a second ago. Or a funny video. Just something where I'm just sitting there and it's just because that's almost that like it's for me and for my community at that point. That's like something I'm just sharing with them and just having a laugh. 
Um, but also CapCut has been a game changer. And it's one of those, CapCut is one of those. Um, it's an it's like, app for listeners who don't know. Oh yes, it is an app and it is owned by TikTok now. And so if you use CapCut, just like in the same way Facebook and Instagram are using certain things, like when Instagram started doing stories, you do stories, things are going to get put up on a higher priority and they're going to put their energy to it. CapCut seems to be like the golden baby at the moment on TikTok. So use a CapCut and that's something you can use without your face. Um, you can do easily. I know, I think we were both doing some cap cuts over the last couple of weeks because mm -hmm. we have been like just kind of like recovering from an amazing conference, the Romance Writers of Australia. Um, and this cap cut is one of those. I stayed away from it forever. I mean, but I did that with TikTok too. And then once I finally got into it, I was like, why have I not used this sooner? It has made my life easier. Yeah. CapCut duet stitches are great for when you just don't have the energy to and make space. new content. And also you can take a, a video you've done before and like tweak the wording and repost it and things yes. too. So like reusing content to see like, did I not have this hook exactly right? If I changed the words a little, would this have done better? You know, kind of yeah. A-B testing your content because then you can also use that elsewhere too. So like if you find a really great hook that for some reason people just really resonate with, then you're mm -hmm. gonna wanna put that in the blurb of your book. You're gonna wanna put it in some of your like ads or your different copy, you know? So it's really a great way to kind of figure out what's resonating with people as well. So yeah. I think- yeah. I hearing you talk about this is making me realize that I think I overthink TikTok like way too often and I rather than being prolific I'm trying to get the right content out and mm -hmm. I think that slows me down and then like I scroll past videos that I've enjoyed and don't ever consider duetting them or stitching them or anything like that because I'm like oh no I like this but like that's not relevant to my brand or platform or books or or whatever and it's because I'm trying to stay maybe to one point and get it right rather than just get more out because every yeah. video that you post is another opportunity for somebody new to come and stumble across you which is just like the more books you publish the more opportunities you have for new people to stumble across you it's the same fucking principle yes. um yes. and I got it with the books but I did not got it with <laughs> well, and it's also an opportunity for you to piggyback off the success of those videos right so like yes. sometimes I will post videos that have nothing to do with my books but are very on brand for me just from a humor perspective or something like that. And um, I will post those because I know they will do well and get a lot of engagement. And then I usually kind of uh, quite often am baiting the audience to ask a question about like, well, what, when does that book come out or when does that? And then I will reply to that question with a video that will get seen way more than if I had just made that video on its own saying, hey, I have a book coming out this day. Um, or, you know, just even posting the next video after that very successful video will do really well for me and get a lot of engagement. So quite often I will do one like, um, duetting like a thirst trap or something, which tends to do quite well. And then the video after that will be a more sales heavy video because I know it will be seen more than it would have been without that one mm. kind of volleyballing it up for me. <laughs> Yeah. Also, the video reply is a really great one because I just did a video reply. And didn't you, FYP, I showed up on Ali's yeah, FYP yeah. doing a video reply and it was like, the, yes, like 
awesome because if you get in the FYP and you're not even trying to get there, like that is kind of that goal. Um, because being on the FYP is content too. Yeah. You know, like when you're running out of content ideas, just replying to people's comments is a great way of having a video that day too. Quick, quick, easy. It puts a video up there for you. Like there, yeah, a lot of benefit that comes out of that. So you've mentioned sort of like uh, using other people's videos. So what is the etiquette around that? Like how, obviously like on other social medias, I don't want to use the word copying, but like mimicking what other people are doing can be seen as a negative. So how is that the same or different on TikTok? It's, I yeah, think well, it's t- just giving oh, a shout. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you go. We're probably going to say the same thing. Talking over each other. <laughs> No, you go in. It is going to be the same thing. <laughs> um, I forgot the question. I'm sorry. It, it was me. Oh, about, about copying people. Yes. Yeah. Just so yes. the app is a trend-based app, right? So it creates trends that then are like people all do. So it started off originally being dances, right? So everybody would do the same dance to the same song. Um, and so now that's with like all sorts of different lip syncs, all sorts of di- different trending sounds, cap cuts, trending cap cuts. And so basically you're seeing these trends and you want to capitalize on those trends. Like it's smart and a good thing. And TikTok encourages you to jump on what Whatever everybody's doing with whatever that thing is. And then you want to think of a way that you can kind of tweak it to be about you and what you're doing right then. So like um, if I see like there's this sound that I just posted right before we hopped on that's like more passion, more energy. Like I just keep hearing it around. I'm like, this is a trending sound. So I just, it was just me warming up saying like, when I'm trying to summon the will to edit dangling modifiers. And that was like (laughs) the heading over it, you know, because that is very relevant to me, you know? So um, you might hear a trending sound and go like, how can I make this about rom-coms or how can I might make this about spicy fantasy or whatever it may be, like trying to make it about what you're going through right then. so that's like, that's kind of the fun of it is taking the trend, seeing what's trending, seeing what everybody's doing and trying to put like your own little twist on it. I think too, that if you want to, because depending on the video, you can always give a shout out to like to the OG poster mm-hmm. or the OP, you can put something on there. Cause I've done that before, but like, thank you to the OP, like just. Yeah. If it's not OP a trend, if it's just original you- poster. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking the language. If you see something that's like not a trend or you've only seen one person do it, just say like inspired by and tag them, you know? Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about foraging for content or ideas, because this is the thing that I struggle with the most. Like I'll scroll through my um, FYP page for like 20 minutes and not find a single thing that I can use or you know, obviously I am passing things that I can use, but I'm not thinking in the right way in order for like how to forage that content. So let's talk a little bit about that, because I think this is often the thing that people are reluctant to come over to TikTok because they think it's going to take all their time. And I'll be honest, like there are some days that I will spend a while on there just looking for stuff. And that that is nine times out of 10. That's the reason that I fall off TikTok. It's not that I can't do it or I'm that I'm afraid of the camera or that I can't do the edits or anything like that. It's that I just run out of like ideas, Steve. 
uh, which mm. it must be alien to you, AK, with ideation in your top. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not. I definitely have those days, especially when I'm feeling like tired or sick. But I think, you know, I like to imagine it like we're all grabbing our imaginary wicker baskets, right? And we're like, <laughs> you know, skipping through the forest of content, just picking the things uh. that we like the best, you know. But I think a lot of times the inspiration comes from outside of TikTok. Like a lot of the times scrolling doesn't, get me anywhere sometimes there's people like big big influencers who are always doing like a dance or something to a trending sound so quite often I'll use them as my kind of go-to people to like see what are they doing what sounds are they using um and take ideas from like those people if I see two or three of them doing something I try and use it um but quite often if I don't have ideas it's when I feel like I should just be talking and just saying like, oh, today I had to go do this, or this is a video of my cat, or you know, I'm running outside <laughs> today, you know, just a short little video. Like I was on a walk and there was um, a tree that looked very naughty. <laughs> and I just made a video about that, you know, that was my content foraging for the day. And so sometimes it isn't the inspiration doesn't come from the app itself. Sometimes you think like, what what is my goal today? Do I want to feel more connected with my readers? Maybe I should ask them a question like, it, like what's your favorite romance trope? Or like, do you like this mm. one better or this one? Or which name do you think I should name my character? This or this, you know, stuff like that is really great when you're feeling stuck is to just turn it on your audience and ask them. And that actually like really, then they get really excited when that book comes out because they've invested energy into the creation of that book. So things like that, thinking about what you're doing in your day-to-day -day already that you want to share with your audience. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to ask two final questions. So the first one is um, what happens when we take a break from TikTok? Uh, like what happens when you're a me and you do really well and then you just like fall off the cliff? Uh, how do you come back? Can you pull it back? Do you have to start a new account? Like how do you pull it back? There is hope. <laughs> there is always hope. <laughs> you come back. Um, that is when... Also, like when launching, we talk about hype mode. And I think it's a good time to come in and just to kind of play with the algorithm a little bit, because I've been doing that more this year myself personally, where I kind of came in a TikTok hard for the first two years. And this year's just been a different kind of busy. So I've been taking bigger breaks in between the pushes. And so each time when I come back, um, like right now, I'm in the midst of coming back. Every day I'm posting a video, knowing that probably next week I might rep it up a little bit and do like maybe two videos over a couple of days. So I'm kind of going in a slow way of doing it where I'll start adding some videos, taking away, um, going one, two, one, two, one, two, and just kind of playing with it for a while. And then I'll start, maybe I'll add in a third video. Like there's just that way that you show TikTok, you're back, you're there, you're putting quarters in your slot machine, you're back there, you want your fix, <laughs> you're playing the game. But again, you're owning TikTok, it's not owning you because you know when to dip out, <laughs> you got to walk away. But that is, for me, um, that's one way that I've come back in. It's like, you know, and Allie's put it great, like as far as with like, what is it? Pumping the brakes, hit the gas, pump the brakes, like hit yep, the gas, yep. pump the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time it's um, trying to make you feel like 
you're not doing well is the time to pull back instead of giving more, you know? So like, cause what it wants you to do is like, okay, we'll post four times a day, post five times a day, keep posting, go live all the time until, you know, you just completely fry yourself out. And, um, and if you go, well, I'm taking tomorrow off then (laughs) and I'm coming back with some new fresh content ideas. Um, I feel like that is like a way more healthy way of looking at it. And, you know, please do take breaks. Like, I I think that people feel like if they miss one day, if they miss like a, you know, a one week that they'll never be able to make it back. But the, the real thing is that when you come back, you might just have to play around a bit to get back into the flow of things. You won't be able to just, if you were posting once a day successfully, uh, and then you go away for a month, you won't be able to just post once a day successfully. When you come back, you've got to kind of like mess around trying to make different kinds of content, posting more often, maybe doing a few lives, going live with other people, things like that, to try and kind of reinvigorate your account. And then you can get back into the rhythm again. So yeah, definitely take breaks, definitely look after yourself, you know, and it's okay to like go away and come back. I think a lot of us in the author world for all sorts of things, not just social media, are made to feel like everything's an emergency. And so we're constantly in this like state of like, go as fast as we can. And, um, and it's, that's not the way to be able to stick around for five, 10, 20 years, you know? So we need to remind ourselves it's not an emergency. Take a step back. Your audience will still be there in a few weeks, you know? It's my activator that needs reminding of that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm number two activator. So I feel like. (laughs) Wait, where's your activator, Sasha? It's number six, but it's, it's my Achilles heel because it uh, like, that's the one that basements everything else. Like if I'm going to basement, it's activator that's put me in the basement. And like, it's the one that my uh, strength coach has pushed me the hardest on to kind of like develop and kind of remove those basements because I have like a time blindness where I, um, one, I underestimate how long something's going to take me to do. Two, I have no concept of how, like once I've started a project. So like, for example, I started writing um, book three on the 7th of, wait, what month are we in? So, or, so, August, September. August. Yeah. <laughs> classic example of like activating the <laughs> <laughs> So I started on the 7th of August it, and I should finish in the next couple of days. And like, I was like, I've been writing for four months. Like, and, and I actually have it. And I have to go, I have to keep records of like word counts because otherwise I don't believe that it hasn't, that it, I, you know, I feel like everything is 10 times longer than it's actually been. And when I went back and looked, I was like, oh, right. Yeah, it's actually only been three weeks. Okay. Like, we can shut up about this. Like, you know, and yeah, I can't even remember how we got here, but Activator like fucking shoves me all of the time. Like, I really oh have God. to be on top of it. So I'm yeah. a four activator. So that is like, I'm just sitting here listening to you just going like, oh, yes. Yeah. 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 So many times I go into like this tunnel. I don't know what happens, but I step into like a time continuum. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> Where did the last month go? I don't get it. Where did the five minutes go? I don't understand. Everything feels like it takes longer than it actually is taking. Like yes. that's the big one for me is that I really, oh, I'm very, very adept at kicking myself for thinking that I've spent far too long doing a task, which comes from my inability to estimate accurately how long something's going to take. And then also the timeliness <laughs> for how long something has taken, which is why I spend so much time tracking 
everything that I do. Yeah, because then I have Smart. accurate data, uh, w- which I can then go, ha, 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 activate Yeah. Anyway, massive tangent. And this is not about me. <laughs> um, let's talk about launches, because that is really like the, the pinnacle of an author uh, year. Like th- this is how we mark our kind of year is by the launches that we do. So how can we use TikTok to our advantage? Uh, to help a launch yeah hype mode yeah. <laughs> hype mode we, hype, uh, we hype talk mode. about this a lot in the course too but like um uh, like it originated from that uh emperor's new groove meme of like pull the lever crunk, you know <laughs> and so we're like it's time to pull the hype lever and I would always say that in all of my groups and stuff like it's go time um but yeah you want to start warming up your kind of algorithm before the launch to kind of get ready. So you're starting to like post more frequently. Maybe you've created content previously that you're kind of saving, like you heard a great transition sound or really exciting music that kind of gets people amped up, you know, stuff like that that you're saving. You're saying doing Um, it in advance. I I save music in my drafts all throughout the year but like usually for me it's like three weeks before the release that I'll start doing this because I don't have the capacity to do it for longer so it'll depend on the person you know like some people it might be a week some people it might be six weeks but for me it's usually like three weeks before a book launch how about you Anne like is it how long before the same Yeah, Yeah, about the same, probably about three weeks, I start really thinking about it. Although there is something, I'll hear songs sometimes and go ahead and save them and like put a little note to myself to use that for, especially if it's something that nails and I know it hits the trope or it hits the feeling that I'm going to get for the book, um, then I'll hold on to it. But, you know, another way besides us, you know, going on to TikTok and posting for launch, use TikTok to build your ARC team and your street team. You can go, and that's one of those talking videos that you can do to, as you're building that community. Um, that was how I got my ARC team. When I came back with my first book after years of not doing anything, I think I had a 200 person strong ARC team that I got off of TikTok. It was nuts. It was something nuts like that. And then, of course, you know, knowing that 50% would probably show up on the, you know, to review, I was thrilled with it. And I actually went into a box set and had people sending me notes going, all the reviews are coming in on this box set and they're all like, you're carrying it at the moment. And I was like, what? And I went over and looked like all of my TikTok people had shown up on the day and I had had at least 80, I think on the first day that showed up. I was like, that's the power of going in the ask this, Hey, do this. Do you want to be a part of this journey with me? And a lot of those folks are still with me. And I'm also going to bust a little bit of a myth here right now. So if you are a sweet or a clean author, I happen to write closed door rom-com and I'm on there doing like building an audience and I am a palate cleanser for all of my smutty reading friends. (laughs) (laughs) I love that they call you that. (laughs) I know. I love it. And it's like, there's this, this, um, smut reader that she sends me notes. And I think she's like smut Victoria or something like that. And she's hilarious. And she's like, you are the only closed door person that I read because I just, I love you. I love your personality. I love all these other things. And she's been with me since that book. And like, she's on six or seven with me now. And it's like, it's interesting to see that journey and how these people will come with you. So dip in and try. 
another really good point for launches too is those connections that you're making with people because a lot of the time your content, like a lot of the time my content is intended to seed ideas in other people to create content about my books. Because if you think about the people who are the most successful people on this platform, it's not people who got famous or blew up from their own account. It's from the reader's like growing their um, their books and making their books blow up. And so a lot of times I'll use like very specific language, very specific hooks, very specific tropes that I'm hoping. And then I see like even people who didn't watch or like my original video have seen somebody else use that language because they were repeating what I said and then they use that language. And so then it carries on. And so it's kind of like inspiring other people to make content too. And that's a lot harder to track. And so mm. I think that people don't invest enough in getting like encouraging other people to make content about their books um, and, you know, kind of like inspiring them with ideas about things. Um, but that is like a huge way to have a very successful launch. It's not all coming from you. It's coming from like a whole group of people. Um, so thinking about that language of like yeah, a video sure. that you've done to encourage others? Like, what does that look like in practice? Well, sometimes it's just like a hyping video. So like a cover reveal or something like that. I will, I don't just do one cover reveal. <laughs> like anytime I hear <laughs> a transition of the sound, I will, I will be revealing that cover over and over and over again, you know? And that's the thing too, is you never know who's watching those videos. But so if it's one that's like, you know, when he says this, and then it's like on the beat, the cover shows up. And then I'll, I mm. might say something like wolves, royals, mates, right? Like on the beat, boom, boom, boom. And then all of a sudden, I'm seeing other videos that pop up saying wolves, royals, mates about my books. And it's because like, I've created this excitement <laughs> about those yeah. words associated with that song and then that gets taken and created on other places and then sometimes it might be something that's the polar opposite of that we have one of our tropes is called the authentic ask and that's just literally me being like hey I would really appreciate it if you could like share this cover online it would mean so much to me if you could tell other people about it if you enjoyed it like and I'd really appreciate it um and that, those videos do hugely well because it's like you're just really showing up as a human being saying like, hey, I would really appreciate your help letting people know about my book. And people are so kind of appreciative that you're not trying to like market at them or trying to like mm. trick them into doing something. They just they're like, oh, this is another person who would actually appreciate my help. And of course, I'll share this video or make something for them, you know. Well, I think you made a really good point. Like, I'll do one video, and then that's it. Like, I won't yeah, reveal yeah. more than once. And I'm like, oh, I think that's a good point. Like, why am I not doing more than one like cover of it? Like, I, I actually think... have a challenge for you. Oh, my, but... my competitor. Oh, you oh, no, did it! You did it! You did it! <laughs> oh, I man. want you to try and do a video, the same video using each of our TikTok tropes. So like if it's a cover reveal <laughs> or if it's a cool quote or if it's a hook or something funny that's happened in your book, I want you to try and do the same video, but using each of those trips. Oh, wow. 
Oh, I can't wait to see the Seinfeld. And part of me really wants to be like, because I don't think you can do it. <laughs> because I know if I say that, then you're... Oh, no, you didn't. My competitor <laughs> is holding your competitor right now, Sasha. <laughs> That's a big gauntlet. I don't know. This gauntlet can Sasha do it? I actually don't know if I can do it, though. That's the thing. Like, yes, I, you I, can. Like, yes, you can. can. Step on this field. That is the question. I mean, yes. I do. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> I will rise to the challenge, but not for my next book launch. I will do it okay. for the book after that. Because the book after that, I'm going large. Because th- this one that I'm launching is the last book in a series. And it's very difficult to... You mm. kind of have the readers that you have and like you can bring new readers in, like especially because these are like interconnected standalones. But I just got the cover for the next series and I'm already Ooh. starting to like bake in, like think about tropes and how I can bake in. So I will accept your challenge, but I will accept it for the next book, not not this current one that's going to be launched in October. Yay, uh, so yeah, excited. I will do it for that. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, that, I, I will, I will rise <laughs> to that, and all of the listeners can hold me to that. <laughs> yes, good. No, I, that's awesome. I do think varied content is the way to go because you might not reach all of your audience with talking or with a video-based one, but if you're doing lots of different kinds, they're all going to eventually see what you're creating so mm. i'm very excited yeah <laughs> okay well this is the rebel author podcast so tell everyone about the time you unleashed your inner rebel and i'm gonna ask Anne first because ak you've already given me a rebellion mm. once before you know this is one that i'm glad that i knew you had it because i've listened to the podcast and I had to think about all the different levels of rebel because I've been like sweet rebel, horrible rebel, crazy rebel. (laughs) Illegal rebel. I always love those stories. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes. I was arrested by a bike cop, you guys. I mean, come on. (laughs) Oh my God, I love it. In front of my apartment building, in front of my neighbors, when I was on a break from work, driving my car home from the bar so that my, my, um, roommate could use it it's oh, like you've got to be kidding me how did this happen and i got arrested they had like my roommate had to call and say Anne's not coming back to work tonight because she just went to jail <laughs> oh my goodness oh my gosh but that's not the rebel story that i thought of i think would be when um i was leaving the states and it was 2013 2014 we had Skype. Zoom was around, but nobody like Zoom didn't have COVID yet. So Zoom hadn't like flown to the front. So we had Skype and I had a lot of clients in the States and had gotten some really good brands. And a lot of people got nervous because I was moving across the world. And I was like, I get that, but we have Skype and email. Like we can, it's a digital world. And there were a lot of people that told me it's not going to fly. It's not going to fly. And then one company stayed with me. One person stayed with me because she had an account with a sunless tanning line that I'm so grateful that they stayed with me and had that trust because they're the ones that I ended up um, winning an Instagrammy award in 2018 or 2019 for a marketing campaign that I headed up for them for a campaign that they collaborated with Dancing with the Stars in the United States. And I was in New Zealand doing it in my little apartment in Wellington. So that was kind of one of those like up yours, F you. I actually like (laughs) 
I brought the business here and there were a couple of old clients that had gotten in touch with me after that. And I had the benefit of going as they went, well, we'd lovely to work with you again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. No. I love it. Yeah. I love that. I love being able to turn around and say fuck you to the people who shouted yeah. you once before and then come that, crawling with their tail between their legs. There is right? no sweeter it's revenge. Easiest fuck you given ever. <laughs> I love it. I love it. AK, what about you? I've shared so many rebellions. I here before. Um, I actually, in the back of one of my latest book, I have thanked you for encouraging my little rebellion of, of that book. Um, but actually, I know. Uh, <laughs> I just got it meant a lot to me. I used to walk around going on dog walks, listening to your podcast and thinking like, one day I'm going to, I'm going to tell her I wrote this book that I've been dreaming about. My Little Rebellion, everybody told me nobody would read a book with a non-binary main character. And I said, hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> I do it. That so much. So, Watch it happen. Yeah. That was a bit, but the one I was actually thinking about this time, I was brainstorming rebellions. And um, my husband was the one who was like, you should, you should do the one where, um, I was at a boarding school in Georgia for three months. Uh, I did not last long there. <laughs> and I already the love reasons, the story. <laughs> so I, I had trouble a lot. But one of the things I was really uh, passionate about was peer health. And there was abstinence-only education at the school. And I came from a family of like, uh, sex doctors and like my grandmother was a sex doctor and so like I I was like this can't stand and so at night after like curfew when we all were meant to be asleep all of the girls who had questions would like sneak to my room and ask me like what what is this what is that or like you know a lot of them were had boyfriends at the time who were like pressuring them to do certain things that they had no knowledge of or ability to advocate for themselves for and that infuriated me so of course I'm telling them like everything and like where they can get you know contraceptive and like you know how to communicate about these things what is safe and what isn't and um I got <laughs> brought into the dean's office and told <laughs> that I had to uh, stop uh, because I was encouraging like lustful behavior oh, my God. the girls in my oh, dorm. My um, and so then we just like moved the meeting spot <laughs> to a different <laughs> location and uh, carried on until I was um, ultimately encouraged uh, to leave. Encouraged. <laughs> encouraged. No, and that actually started like a six year um, like uh, stint in working in peer health. And I ended up becoming certified as a health teacher and teaching in public schools in Boston. And um, it was just super important to me that this information be available to any young person who wants it to be able to like protect themselves so yeah yeah <laughs> one I absolutely love that too I love that you were moonlighting at school and three like, <laughs> I just love that you Dr. had this Ruth. like sober operation to like <laughs> like oh my god absolutely amazing that that has to go down as one of my favorite stories I think that's just... bloody brilliant it's good uh, the positivity too that comes through with the <laughs> and I was encouraged to yeah. leave 
I was no, just kind you of were just encouraged. encouraged. <laughs> <laughs> so this may be like, and my ass got kicked out. I was yeah, told, go girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get out. Go. <laughs> no formal paperwork was drawn. So. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well, you guys do have a course, and I have taken it, and it you is do. fantastic. So would you like to tell everybody um, about the course, where they can find out about it, um, your books, anything else that you would like to add? Yes, you can find Sustainable Socials on Teachable. Um, we have a website, sustainablesocials.com, and you can come to our website, and we've got spots on there where you can click into our workshops. Uh, we also have our podcast that is on there, a link to that, and you can link into our newsletter there if you want. But definitely, we have any information about classes that are coming out, or if we're going to be appearing somewhere and speaking, will come out on that website. Yeah, and we actually oh, have a, a, a very special thing for all of your rebels as well. So mm, right now yes. we have a discount on the course until Halloween, uh, but we actually have a special discount code for an extra 10% off that discount, which is rebel10. And um, all of your rebels can use that discount code to get an extra 10% off any of the courses. Excellent. I will need to make a note of that to make sure I put that in the show notes as well. Thank you very much. Uh, and I'm sure all the listeners thank you as well. So thank you both for your time today. And of course, a big thank you to all of the show's listeners and all of the show's patrons. If you would like to get early access to all of the episodes, you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. I'm Sasha Black. You are listening to AK Mulford and Anne Kemp. And this was the Revel Author Podcast week I'm joined by Lewis Jorstad and we are talking all about uh, writing book series and we have a wonderful actually truly delightful conversation so I look forward to sharing that with you next week. Don't forget to tune in and subscribe on your podcatcher and when you have a moment please leave a review.